0: Uh, so this week we are going into series uh, number seven about jesus who's enjoyed just thinking and learning about jesus more and more every week this summer amen amen Uh, i I really enjoyed just thinking about jesus more because who knows that without jesus all of this falls apart (laughs) You know, we come together right now because of Jesus, because of the love of Jesus, because Jesus came to this earth to show love to you and to show love to me and to save us. So I've enjoyed just remembering that, you know, with everything else that's happening in this world, with all the craziness of a pandemic and uh, the economy going up and down and society just seeming to go crazy, just to take this time and just to refocus on what is this all about? About Jesus. And this week, I want to look at the first, uh, the beginning of Jesus' ministry, I should call it. So, at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, Jesus took off into the wilderness and he was, you know, took time with God, he was tempted, but he was filled with the Spirit. And it says that when he came out of that wilderness, he was filled with the Spirit, right? so then as he's traveling around so then it says in Luke that he traveled around a bit but then he went back to his home and that's the first time in Luke that we really see that Jesus speaks and uh, we're going to start in Luke chapter 4 uh, verses uh, 16 to 22 if you want to turn your Bible you can if not it's going to be on the screen now I've, I've, I've read this verse many times before but as I was reading it for, for this time it just hit me in a new and impactful way. Because who knows that Jesus is a boss. Now, if some of the older people may not understand, like, well, he didn't own a company, right? No, but Jesus was a boss. Jesus, Jesus was, a, was like a top dog, right? And he came in, and he came in with some thunder. And this, when he started out his ministry, this is when he came to his home, right? This is where he was, he was raised, it says, right? So it says here, in uh, Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 22. And he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as it was a custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. It's changing, right? Awesome. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Alright, so I don't know. Uh, most of you wouldn't know about uh, the synagogue back in the day, but when they went to the synagogue on the sabbath they would sit down uh leaders and teachers would stand up they would read a scroll they didn't have like the regular bible we had now they had uh scrolls and he, they he pulled out a scroll and you would read the scroll and you would exhort on that scroll right so he, they gave him the uh isaiah and this is i mean this is really interesting that they're asking jesus to come speak because you gotta remember that jesus was actually a carpenter right so uh when he was young all the jewish young men they were looked at, and he was passed over. So they had looked at him and said, "No, nah, okay, this 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 kid just ain't doing it for us, right? He's he's not ready because he was the stone that the builders rejected, right? So you got to remember that the fact that he's standing up in the synagogue and speaking that in a, in and of itself is a pretty big deal. But they hand him the scroll of Isaiah, right? And uh, he found the place where it was written. So what he found, what he was looking for, was actually Uh, in our Bible today is Isaiah 61 verse 1 and 2 and it says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor and he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set the liberty of those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes of the synagogue were fixed on him. Continue on a second here. But so just imagine this. Jesus is there, they're like, hey, here's a scroll read. He was like, All right, I'm gonna read this one. And he searched down through the scroll and he found the place where he knew that he wanted to read from. And he reads this scroll. Right? and if you look at in Isaiah 61 this is talking about the year of the Lord, this is the God's coming this is when the children of Israel can be brought up the Messiah is coming right, this is all about the prophecy of when the Messiah is coming so the fact that he read this, they're like okay, why are you reading this, this is interesting so he reads it, rolls it up gives it back, sits down and everyone in the synagogue is like, well, what's up with this guy what is this so he says, he sat down and all the eyes were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Do <laughs> you guys understand the power of what he just said there? Are you, are you feeling this? This is, this is an amazing moment in scripture. Jesus has just proclaimed that the Messiah has come. That this time that all of Israel has been waiting for, has been dying to, to come together, he's like, this has happened now. And all spoke well of him and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, isn't this Joseph's son? They were amazed because they are like, this is just the carpenter guy. Like, what on earth is he saying? Jesus took this moment This was Jesus' mic drop. Jesus sat down and was like, that's right, guys. The time has come. And all the synagogue was like, what? you got to be crazy right now. Because Jesus had stepped it up. Jesus had proclaimed that freedom had come through him. Amen? Because that scripture has said that they will set the captives free. Now, all of Israel, they were under tyranny at this time. So they were thinking that the, when the Messiah came, he was coming in on a, on a horse. He was coming in as a warrior. They weren't looking at some carpenter guy who was coming in and was like, okay, this is just a kid that we, we've known who was growing up. Like, I changed this kid's nappy. War diapers back then. Did they wear diapers back then? I don't even know. Right? I wiped this kid's butt. Like, and he's now saying that this scripture is fulfilled. Like, how crazy is it for those people? So Jesus has now proclaimed that freedom has come through through them. So the, the, the the Jewish people were like they were thinking that Jesus was talking about he was coming in to bring war that he was coming to free them physically but that's not what Jesus was saying we know that today but they didn't understand that back then so what exactly was Jesus was, was he talking about if he's bringing freedom and it's not the physical bondage because they were under tyranny right what, were, what was he talking about then what kind of freedom was he talking about and this was asked because throughout the whole New Testament it's said again and again he brings freedom. He brings freedom. In John chapter 8 they actually had the same question. What kind of freedom are you talking about? So Jesus said to the Jews who had, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed to him, "If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth." and the truth will set you free and they answered him uh, we're the offspring of Abraham and we have never been enslaved to anyone how is that you say that you will become free so they're like we're not slaves right now what freedom are you talking about And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Jesus wasn't talking about physical slavery. He wasn't talking about being bound physically, being captive physically. Because that is, I mean, it's important, but it's so much less important than the physical, than the uh, spiritual man. And he's saying, you are bound spiritually. You may not be bound physically. But spiritually, you are bound by this sin. So then we ought to ask ourselves, what is sin? Does anyone really stop and really think about that? I mean, if you were raised in the church, you just always know and don't sin. Even if you weren't raised in the church you always been known to don't sin. But, oh, a sin is this, a sin is that. But what is sin really? What did God really come to free us from? So the word sin actually comes from archery. A lot of you know this. Some of you don't know this. So the word sin is actually to miss the mark. So if, if you're an archery, right, and you're shooting an arrow, and you're aiming for your bullseye, and you shoot just like I would, probably not hit the target at all let alone the bullseye, right? That would be a sin because I did not hit what I was aiming at. The purpose for me drawing back that bow and shooting that arrow was to hit the mark. And when I did not hit the mark, it was a sin. So then what is sin for us? Sin is for us not hitting the mark, to miss the mark. Well, what does that have to do with us? What is our mark? What are we? What are we aiming at? What exactly it is that we are looking for? Does any of you feel as though you have missed the mark in your life? And if anybody here doesn't say yeah that's me you can come up and I'll pray with you afterwards because that's just not true we were made for a purpose and when we don't fulfill that purpose we are missing the mark and without Jesus Christ in our life There's no way you can completely hit the mark of your life. So a sin is when you're not doing what you were called to do. And every single one of you in this room, every single person on this planet was called to worship God. We were created for the purpose to glorify God. Can I get an amen? You were created to glorify God. And when we do things that do not glorify God, that is a sin. That is us not missing the mark. That is us not fulfilling what God has created us to do. Paul talks about this in Galatians. In Galatians, he's talking to a church that's just kind of messed up. And he's laying it out for them. He says, for freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So when Jesus came to free us, he came to, for, so that we can shed that yoke of slavery. Now what does that look like in our, in our lives today? What is that yoke of slavery today? It's when we're doing our own passions. We're trying to fulfill our purpose because everyone knows that everything we do in life, you're really just trying to find happiness. And when you step out and you try to find happiness without Christ, without Jesus, all you're doing is finding sorrow. It may give you happiness for a second, but because you're not fulfilled in your purpose because you're not doing what you were made to do because God has made you to glorify Him when you don't do that you will never find true happiness if you do not know Jesus today then I can tell you with 100% certainty that Jesus has come to free you and that freedom is a freedom from sin and that freedom from sin is going to give you purpose because you will be able to fulfill the purpose that God has placed on your life And the purpose that God has placed on your life is to glorify Him with all you have. Can I get an amen? I know it's hot outside, but it's cool in here. So let's heat it up in here with an amen. God is asking to give you purpose. God is asking, saying, I want you to fulfill everything that you were created for. If you look farther down, uh, in chapter five in Galatians, it says, "My counsel is this: live freely, animated and motivated by the Spirit of God, that you won't feed the compulsions of the of selflessness of selfishness. For there is a root of sin, uh, for there is a root of sin, self-interest in us that is at odds with the free spirit. Just as the spirit is incomplete." With selfishness, these two ways of life are antithetical. So that you cannot live at times one way and at times another way according to how you feel on any given day. When God gives you freedom, you are born again. And when you are born again God shows you your true purpose in life. Everything that we do that is against God is self-serving. But when, God, but when we live a life that is focused on Him there is no better joy because you are doing what God has given you the purpose to do. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's gone on in your life, but I can tell you this: when you focus on yourself and you look for the things that'll make you happy apart from God, I guarantee you, you will never find true happiness. Because you're living in a life of servitude to sin. You will not hit that mark. You cannot hit that mark. There's nothing you can do in your life to fully fulfill your purpose without God. Nothing. And that's all he's saying. I want to free you to do what you were meant to do. When you come before God, when you come before Christ, and you say, "Jesus, make me to be the person that you want me to be, that you created me to be," He's like, <laughs> "My drop, thank you so much. I can now work in your life." And give you the fulfillment that he meant for you to have. When he created Adam and Eve, he's like, You were created to worship me. There's a reason why God made us in his image. When God made us in his image, he knew that we were going to populate. And now the world is populated with beings that are in his image. So now, God, now, if we live in his image, and we live a life free of sin, and we hit the mark, and we fulfill our purpose, which is glorifying God, now God is now glorified throughout this world. Can I get an amen? Who wants to see God glorified throughout this world? I want to see God glorified throughout this world. And in doing so, you'll find a joy and a peace and a purpose like you have never found. Because that is the only way. is through Him. Through the freedom of Jesus Christ. Am I going to ask if anyone here has asked Jesus into his heart and took their life? But if you haven't, I'd love you to look into it. Salvation is a relationship it's not a one-moment thing it's not a hey good to meet you thanks so much I'm saved now I'm back on my way it's a day-to-day relationship when I say I love my wife I don't just say it to her once and then turn away and then never say it again I live day-to-day loving her, showing her love. That is what Jesus is asking of you. To meet Him. To be free to fulfill your purpose, what you were created for. If you don't know that purpose right now, and you haven't felt that freedom of fulfilling the purpose of your life, I'd love to have a conversation with you so that you can get to know the Jesus that I know. Because He wants to know you. If you do know Him and you have met this boss named Jesus, it's a day-to-day thing. We need to die to ourselves daily. Because we live in a sinful world our bodies, our self, is going to be fighting against us. It wants to enslave us. But Jesus is saying, I've given you the freedom. Just like Paul said, you can't live in both camps. You must die to yourself daily to find that purpose. And sometimes we look at our lives and go, well, I know Jesus, I've met Jesus, and I'm not that happy. That ain't Jesus' fault. I'm sorry. That's just straight up true. If you're not finding your purpose, you're not finding your happiness, it's because you need to come to him again and say, Jesus, free me again. Help me find my purpose in you again. And he'll do it every time. I know from experience. Because I've missed the mark many a times on many a things. And he continues to say, it's all right, Jay. I'll take that arrow and I'll hit the mark for you. I pray that God continues to give you the freedom and the purpose in your life because it's what he came to do. He fulfilled that scroll. He might drop down and said, this is the year of the Lord. I'm here. Deal with it. The world was changed. And your life can and will be changed. You to come back up. So I pray that this week, I'm not going to do a sinner's prayer, but I am going to ask you to look into this relationship. If you want to ask me and you're like, hey, I don't, uh, I don't know this Jesus guy. You're talking about freedom. You're talking about purpose. I feel kind of lost in life because there's a whole generation out there that is just searching. They're so lost because they don't know their purpose in life. And if you're part of that, come talk to me. If you know Jesus and you still feel like, I can't find my purpose, come talk to me. I would love to sit and talk to you so that you get to know Jesus more and that He can show you the purpose of your life. That you can hit the mark and you can no longer sin. Take a second and we'll pray. Heavenly Father God, I thank you so much for all who have heard this message, Father God. And I pray now, Father God, that you bring freedom to the captives, Father God. That you bring freedom, you bring purpose to their lives. That they can know, that they can feel the true uh, joy in knowing you, Father God. The true joy of freedom of being able to live out what they were created for. In worshiping and glorifying you, Father God, that when you find that purpose and you find that, Father God, I pray you work into their lives and they know that in you, Father God, that this world knows their purpose is to glorify you. I thank you, Father God, for what you've done because you have planted a seed in hearts, Father God. Continue, continue to water those seeds in their hearts. And I thank you, Father God. There's nothing we can do, but it's all glory and honor to you. So, Father God, I pray you continue to work in every person in this building, every person who is watching online, that, Father God, you work in their hearts and their minds right now, Father God, that they get to know your purpose and that freedom that comes through you. I thank you, Jesus. You are the boss. We love you we pray in your name. Amen. Thank you.